I'm Desiree. And I'm Taylor. You're tuned into Birthkeeper Banter, a space to discuss powerful birth stories, radical birthkeeping, and all things birth outside of the box. This podcast is produced by Herbal Training, and nothing discussed should be considered medical advice because birth is not a medical event. For classes and more information, go to herbal.teachable.com. everyone. We're here today with Morgan, and she's going to share about her birth experience and what had led her into birth work, and then her journey in birth work, and the things that she has seen. So Morgan, do you want to share first about your birth experience? Yeah, of course. Um, So I got pregnant in um, 2018, the end of 2018, and I was honestly not even I don't like the term crunchy. I really actually hate that term, but I was as far from that term as you probably could get. Um, and so through my pregnancy, I kind of started realizing what I wanted and what I didn't want when it came to birth. Um, my herbalist mother really persuaded me, you know, to be more holistic in that sense. And it kind of started me on my holistic journey um, with my pregnancy. Um, so I knew what I wanted and what I didn't want going into my hospital birth. I wanted a natural birth. I didn't want any pokes. I didn't want any eye goop. I didn't want any of that stuff. Um, then, so I get to the hospital, of course, way too soon. Um, I shouldn't have gone there that early at all. And so the cascade of interventions began and, um, ended up having an epidural, ended up having retained placenta due to my OB tugging on the cord too early or, you know, she shouldn't have it all. And um, then I hemorrhaged from my retained placenta and it was a traumatic event for me. And I think a lot of it for me was that I had planned so much and what I wanted and didn't want for my son, but I didn't put enough effort and thought and planning into what I didn't want for me. And I didn't, I didn't go into my birth with the right tools to, to, um, avoid that cascade of interventions for me. I knew I could stand my ground with things for my son, but I couldn't stand my ground for things with me. Um, so I, it ended up that way for me. And then fast forward, it's 2020. And I really am passionate about my breastfeeding journey. So I'm starting to look into kind of how to become a lactation consultant and going down that route which led me to doula schools. And so then I'm looking through doula schools. I find herbal um, from a a friend. And so I'm like, wow, that would be so cool to like help other moms that are in the same setting that I was in kind of avoiding things ending up as traumatic as they did for me. Like, I want to be passionate about this and helping other moms avoid this, this trauma. And um, so I was going through school and while I was reading through the whole course, I'm realizing what was actually happening to me during mine, like things that I didn't realize, like I knew I had a retained placenta, but I didn't know why. Um, I knew I hemorrhaged, but I didn't know why. And I knew all of these things happened to me, but I had never put the pieces together as to really why they happened until going through the course and realizing, um, you know, the science behind why those things happen and um, how to avoid those things. So it kind of made me relive my trauma and I had to kind of pause from school and kind of heal through that personally, because it um, brought up a whole bunch of stuff for me that I didn't realize I had buried down so deep. 
Um, so then I finished school and I realized that I didn't even want to um, put myself into a hospital to support a mom because I didn't think emotionally that I could do that. And I didn't think I was the right doula to help moms in a hospital. And so I was like, I'm just going to support home birth only purely. And then I attended a midwife home birth for my first. And then after that, I kind of realized that I don't even think I want to attend midwife home births anymore either. So I had attended one more because um, she was already on my schedule and she's a really good friend of mine and her birth went great and it was beautiful and her midwife did a wonderful job. Um, but going forward from that one, I knew that unassisted and attending and supporting and those moms that wanted to follow it in that route was the way that I wanted to go. So that's kind of where I've ended up now is um, just, just attending unassisted births. Awesome. So <laughs> what do you like about the unassisted that you didn't like with the midwife led births? Um, a, a couple of things. Um, I liked the way that in the unassisted setting that I had attended, she was her authority really. Um, and it might've just been with the midwives, not them personally, but maybe in the environment that they create for themselves, maybe in just the ones that I was in, but they still held this authority figure in the space. Um, the moms were asking questions and asking them if they can do this or if they should, or the midwife in some of them, you know, are telling them, I need you to move into this position or this. And I just really liked in the unassisted birth that I had attended that she ran the show and she was telling us where she was going and when she was leaving that space and what she wanted to do next. And um, it just felt so much more like instinctual to me. Right. And I, I liked it better as in, not as just as an observer and a supporter, but like, I, I, I didn't feel like I was also, um, I don't know what I'm trying to say, watching someone question what they should and shouldn't do in the moment of their birth. She, she just knew what she wanted. Absolutely. I definitely see that too. So for other birth workers that are wanting to sit at birth, um, specifically unassisted or free birth, whatever we want to call it. So like not as a provider role, they're just facilitating that birth keeping space. What would you suggest for them? A lot of women are fearful of like, what if, what if something happens? Like, what if there's an emergency? Do you have any concerns with that? Like if something would come up, do you have a plan for like what you would do or <clears throat> what are your thoughts on that? Do you, are you not willing to do certain things like say emergency scenario wise, what are your thoughts on that? And what would you suggest for others that might run into something like that? Uh, for, for, I'm sorry, for birth, for other birth workers or for the, for the clients, for the moms. Yeah. For other birth workers. Cause a lot of women want to attend free birth and unassisted, but they're like, well, yeah. I'm not trained in blah, blah, blah. So I kind of had a moment where I felt that way um, before my for the first free birth I went to before I attended it, um, where I had these moments of doubt for myself, where I was like, am I qualified for this? Like, am I going to go into this and do what I am supposed to do for her? And am I going to be the right kind of support? And like, what if something goes wrong and I don't know what to do? I had those moments. And honestly, the best thing for me was I think if you have a fear of something to like literally just dig into that fear and figure out exactly what the root of your fear is, and then just educate yourself on that fear as much as possible. Um, if you have enough education on something, then you shouldn't have questions or doubts or fears. 
Um, so that would be my biggest thing. And I do say that same thing to clients, you know, I'm like, if there's something that you're feel fearful of going into this, you know, like, what is it? Let's talk exactly what it is and dig into it's like core of that fear and where does it come from and what, what would we do? What should you do? Or, um, kind of go through all of it. So I think it's the same for birth workers to just educate yourself around what you're scared of. Okay. Yeah. And like, if things come up, which they can, I mean, I see it all the time. Things come up. Uh, while it's not as common as births that are straightforward, things can be wonky. And in those situations, I find that some people that sit at unassisted birth, they don't, mm, they're not always first on like what to do in certain situations. So that's something right. that I feel that I would want to share with other people, like, hey, know how to resuscitate a baby, like right. worst real kind of thing, know what you're doing, know how the lungs work, know how the... Mm-hmm switch it yep uh, but yeah also blood loss knowing knowing like stuff basics basics of stuff and being honest yeah. with your like if they think you're going to be there to save them and you can't that can be really challenging legally. yeah and if you're somebody who wants to who if you're someone who's attending and that's something that you're fearful of then that's something you should probably reevaluate decide what your role exactly is and make sure you're expressing it completely with those clients that this is what I do and this is what I don't do. So I need you to know that if I'm not going to do this, then maybe you need to learn how to do this. But I do think that as a birth worker, even if it's not something that you're advertising, like I can resuscitate. If you don't feel comfortable advertising that to your clientele, that you're trained enough to do that, um, have at least just be like a back pocket skill that you have just in case. So when that time comes that, you know, you're not, you're not questioning what your abilities are. Right. Absolutely. I think it's just so important to be honest with your families. Like, this is what I'm comfortable with. This is what I'm not, not just going and expecting, oh, it's going to go perfect. Cause you Mm -hmm. never know. You never know when. Yeah. There's, and there's a lot of liability with that too. And with mine, with my own assisted and with my midwife assisted that she didn't get there in time. I know that there's a ton of liability with a, not a midwife being too hands-on in a birth situation. Um, so when the baby was crowning on both births, I made sure that I, I, I made sure that I got whoever she wanted, whoever was planning on catching that baby. If the midwife wasn't there, was there and ready for me to help guide them through it. And also while saying that, I also think that it was a huge deal in my midwife assisted where she didn't get there, she was the one who was going to catch the baby. But since she didn't get there, dad got to. And I think that he might have been robbed of that too. Um, Cause he might've not realized he wanted to do that. And in that moment, then he got to, and now it's something that he has shared over and over and over again of how much that meant to him, that he got to be the first person to, to touch his baby. And I think that that's something that's really special. That is definitely special. And a lot of midwives do rob families of that. They are trained to believe they have to catch the baby because what mm-hmm. if we have them? What if, what if, what if, what if? Yeah. What yeah. state are you in? I am in North Carolina. Okay. In the Charlotte area. All right. So North Carolina is super regulated and they like oh, to yeah. <laughs> make examples of people. I know one of my closest teachers, she had issues there before too. They are very strict on things. So what do you do? Yeah to avoid legal precautions. Is there anything that you do like document wise or that you're very frank about with your clients that you won't do? Like, is there anything in particular? I'm very particular in that I express to them and on my page and my advertising that 
I am not a medical professional. I'm not there to practice medicine. I'm not there to do any of those things. I am just strictly support for mother and father while they're going through this journey of birth and pregnancy and postpartum. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So take responsibility for their births. How will you ensure that your clients are accepting responsibility and aren't being codependent on you to like save them? Um, I want them to know that I'm, I'm not there to save them, um, that they need to, that they are going to free birth and that they need to feel that they could do this without me. Um, that I'm just an added support system for them for education leading up to the day. Um, I'm there for any questions that they have leading up to the day, education, um, sources, um, all kinds of things leading up to their birth. But with somebody who's choosing to free birth, um, for me as a client, I, I feel like that that's somebody that would be able to do this on their own. And that's why they're choosing to do this without a medical professional present, because that's not what I am. Um, and then it's just an added bonus to have, you know, a, a free birth doula there for all the added support, but nothing medical. Right. So they like claim their responsibility for everything. And that is something right. that we need in a lot of states. A lot of states have high regulations like yours and they, women don't have a lot of options. So mm -hmm. that's where I find that birth keepers really are a crucial aspect. As long as the families are willing to re accept responsibility and be educated, Right. It, it's a really good option. And a lot of midwives get grumpy about it. They don't like birth keepers. They're like, oh, you didn't go to school. You don't know. Um, yeah. But it's a, and then you can have a medicalized home birth or you can have a hospital birth. Like, no, there's also this other care. And this is like the yeah. workaround. Like you can't be a traditional midwife, but you can be a birth keeper. That's not okay. it. Exactly. Yeah. And people can't really give you stuff for that. It really is based on what you end up doing at births and whatnot. Right. Exactly. And I know I'm, I'm not the most loved around here um, because they know that I am attending and supporting free birth. Um, but I just make sure that any midwife I meet that I know that I've vocalized to her that I'm not a medical professional. I'm not doing your job without a license. I'm not even doing anything close to what you do when you go to a birth. Um, I am added benefit to somebody who's prepared to birth unassisted at home with them and their spouse or them and their family or whoever they choose to be present. Right. Absolutely. So I get that. And I see a lot of herbal students as well as just people in general that attend in the capacity you do. Uh, even myself, when I was attending in that capacity, I got so much crap for that. So like, yeah, what do you, what do you do with that when people are attacking you or, you know, giving you crap for, sitting at birth that they personally don't feel comfortable with. What do you say? What do you do? How do you handle that? Well, I honestly haven't ever been attacked for it. Um, I, I haven't had that happen to me yet. Um, so I don't know, but if it was to happen to me face to face, somebody coming at me for what I do, I would just have to stand and stand firm in my beliefs and know that that's kind of a them problem and not as much of a me problem. That's their problem with me is their problem. Um, I know what I do is right. And I know I'm not breaking any laws. I'm not, I'm not falling between any of their lines. I'm, I'm doing, doing what I have felt so called to from the beginning, even though it was a journey to get here, to realize that this is what I wanted to do and attend and support. Um, when it all started with me wanting to support hospital births and protecting moms from hospital, um, intervention. Um, so I think that I was really, truly led here for a reason. 
And I just would stand firm in that and confident in knowing that what I do is good and what I'm doing is right. And there's nothing wrong with what I'm doing. So they can just real realign with their beliefs. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that it's really, it's a them problem. It's a them yeah. thing. They have 40s and their own conflictions. And then they try and throw them on other people. And I love that mm-hmm. you're confident in that and that you could stand up for so what led you to not want to sit at hospital birth? Is there something that happened or something you had seen? Um, I think I, that starting school, starting the herbal course, well, that was my plan was um, protecting moms from dealing with the trauma that I dealt with. And then the further I dug through the course, the more I realized and the more that came up for me about my own birth. Um, so initially I decided against it because I didn't think that I hadn't fully healed from my birth internally and I wasn't ready to go back into a hospital birth setting after my own. Um, Now that I've known that I've fully healed, I've just gone further down this journey into realizing that um, free birth is my passion. So I just kind of have pushed all that back. I just don't think that I'm the right doula for that. I think there are amazing doulas that do amazing things in the hospital and I respect all of them. I just don't think that I'm that doula. I definitely agree with that. That's something that I personally couldn't do either. My views with uh, hospital birth is that it's it's captive. It is. Mm-hmm. Every scenario, the woman is not going to be the one in complete control. They actually have legal right over the majority of situations. And even if they break the law or go against what she wants, they aren't going to lose their job. They're insured. And mm-hmm. it, it's a very... Hmm. It's like, you can't, you can't help them there. You truly no. cannot. And There's only so much help you can offer in a situation like that. Right. And, and it's right. a lot of baggage to take home. And I don't think I'm the best person to take home baggage. <laughs> I'm already dealing with my own. Right. So I think somebody who's good at dealing with, um, piling on other people's trauma, cause I'm too busy working on my trauma that I, I don't think I'm the right in the right place to, um, protect others from trauma. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. I find that it is a very traumatic place and we bring home that secondary trauma, even if the mom is like, oh, that was a wonderful birth because she doesn't know. Right. Right. Yep. Sometimes they don't. And you're carrying home like, wow, I cannot believe I just watched that. And you carry the energy of that whole event goes home. Yeah. So, So what are your thoughts for your future pregnancies should you have any what what are you planning to do um I've put a lot of thought into that actually and I have a I have like what I call birth fever I really do want to have another birth I really want to have another pregnancy but I'm definitely not in a place to have another baby um but I have put a lot of thought into what my birth would look like if I had another one um and honestly I haven't come to a conclusion (laughs) Um, I know I would be home and I know that I don't think I'd have any of these regulated midwives there with me. Um, but I don't know who I would want there. I don't think I'd want a free birth completely by myself or with me and my husband. Um, but maybe I would, I'm not sure. I'm not in a place that I'm ready for that yet. So I honestly, I've flip-flopped back and forth between a ton of plans. Um, but I haven't really, haven't really, I don't have a final plan for that next birth. If I have one. 
Okay. Yeah, that's, that makes sense. I do know of many, many traditional attendants uh, of different capacities in your state. So people have options there. While it's highly regulated, there are a lot of women out there doing the good work and supporting people in at home, whether they want to be an assistant, whether they want it to be assisted with an underground midwife, there are plenty, there's plenty in the state. I will need you to connect me because I have not met one yet and <laughs> I've looked. Okay. Yeah. I definitely know many. There's some of my colleagues are in North Carolina and I also had just taught there not too long ago. And I know, I, know I missed you guys. I missed you while you were here. Yeah. Where did you say you were? What is the town? We're in, I'm in Charlotte. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You got, I think you were, you were in Raleigh. You were three hours from here. I just couldn't make it this time. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's people in Charlotte too. Um, some of my teachers are out that way as well. So yeah, there's options. There's always options there. But awesome. yeah, is, there, is there anything that you'd want to suggest to new birth workers that are going to attend birth? Anything for them to prepare themselves? Um, read as much as you can from totally different sources. Um, I think getting a ton of different perspectives on, on all of it is really good and kind of deciding what feels right to you internally. Um, but I think there's really not that, that first birth you attend, it's just such an amazing experience, um, to be a part of aside from your own birth. If that birth keeper or doula has their own children, um, I think take your time to really sit with any trauma you have beforehand, any fears you have, like really dig into fears and dig into any of your doubts on yourself and just make sure that you work through all of that. I think that's really important. Yeah, you um, definitely don't want to take stuff into other people's births for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Make sure you work through all of that before that day comes. Absolutely. Is there anything else that you'd want to share suggestion wise? Um, follow your gut instinct um, is a huge one for me too. I think that's huge following that intuition and learning how to decipher between an intuition feeling and maybe a fear. And um learning how to work with that, especially in the moment when you're out of birth, figuring out if something you're feeling is a fear or if it's some intuition push. Um, I think that's another thing to kind of figure out beforehand. So you're not in the moment worried or fearful, but it's really an intuition. Um, if that makes any sense, I don't know if that came out the way it's in my head. Yeah, no. Um, yeah. I teach on that. That's definitely a thing. Do you, did you ever feel as though you wanted to attend with someone else before you would feel comfortable sitting at birth or were you always just like, nope, I got this? Um, I think I always kind of felt like I had it. I kind of feel like I, I, the whole journey that brought me here was so huge for me. It, it involved the loss of my dad. It involved a really long, hard loss with that. Um, and figuring out and motherhood. And I just think that it brought, it was so specific, this type of journey for me to get from the air to here, that this confidence kind of just came with it. Um, it just took me a little while to, to find it, but I feel like, I feel like I've always just been like, this is what I'm supposed to do. And this is where I'm supposed to be. And I don't, I don't really need, need the reassurance of somebody else, honestly. Yeah, I can definitely resonate with that. That was my case as well. I didn't, really feel as though I needed it. I did look for it. I was like, hmm, maybe I should go be with someone. Maybe they would, that would be awesome. But it was not something that worked out. And that's what pushed me to go on my own. And I'm so thankful that I did because yeah, it totally changes how you view stuff when you learn yeah. 
from those women birthing. Right. Right. Yeah. You, you pick up on things that they do that might not have been something that resonated with you if you hadn't seen it. Yeah. And it can mess up your views of what you have to do and how birth should be. So I love that you hold that confidence and those who don't have that confidence, I want to reiterate that it's okay. And if you want to sit with others, that's okay too. Everybody's journey. Yeah. Yeah. So where are you and what are you offering? Like you had said you're um, in Charlotte, but what do you offer to women? Do you offer any kind of packages or? Yeah, I do. Um, I offer pregnancy support for all kinds of birth situations. If it's hospital, um, birth center, midwife assisted, free birth, whatever the type of birth that you're planning, I offer my pregnancy support for all of that. Um, For my birth attendants, it's just free birth only right now. Um, I don't know if that's going to change again, cause it's changed, you know, around, but right now I'm offering free, free birth attendance, um, and support and then postpartum care for my, my birth attendance clients. Um, I offer some lactation assistance. If that's something somebody needs a standalone or included in a package. Um, and I'm also an herbalist, so I'm not diagnosing or treating any medical ailments, but, um, but I am a passionate herbalist um, on top of all of that. So yeah. Supplements or different herbs and things like that, that might be helpful in certain situations. Right. Exactly. Right. Awesome. Cool. So what is, do you want to share like your business name or how people can contact you? Um, I'm on TikTok and I'm on Instagram as the holistic doula. Um, I don't have a website or anything currently. Um, but um, that's in the works. So once I have that, I'll be sharing that on my pages, but you can find me on TikTok and on Instagram, the holistic doula um, and send me a, send me a DM and we can, we can chat. Awesome. 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 So is there anything else that you want to add to this podcast before we would close and end? Um, follow for other birth keepers or doulas or anyone who's just even thinking about going into birth work. If it's something you feel called to dive in, like head first, like do it. Like if you're sitting on a budget debating, if you can afford or want to, you know, squeeze it in there to take a doula course, take the course, read it, learn it, like always rely on it. Um, network with other people. Um, if you're, um, planning a pregnancy, planning a home birth, um, you can't do enough research on things for you and your baby. Um, so definitely lean into your community for education and help and support, find a doula. Um, they're worth their weight and gold. Absolutely. And the herbal course I will say is on sale 50% off until the end of August. So if anyone's looking for more, they can look there. Um, but yeah, I so appreciate you coming on and sharing all this today and sharing your journey and what you've experienced and some awesome suggestions for other birth attendants. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in to this awesome episode of Birthkeeper Banter. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you can get notifications for future episodes. Again, for classes and more information, go to herbal.teachable.com. Brought to you by Herbal Training.